are listening to the Brown Skin Mom podcast, a space for brown skin moms to discuss parenting, childbirth, building a future for our children, and more from a perspective that they can relate to. Join me as we enter the hood, the motherhood. Hey, Mama Loves. Today on the podcast, we have a um, a really good treat, I would say. I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, I don't know if you guys follow my guest today, but if you don't, you need to. Today on the podcast, we have um, belief in fatherhood. Yay! Belief in fatherhood, whose government name is Glenn Henry. Um, Glenn Belief Henry is a father documenting all the mistakes and joys of parenting. Striving to strengthen families before they start, he's giving a tangible look at the often closed-off life of black families. Um, Usually sipping toddler tears, which I wish I could have some. I need to get me a glass of toddler tears. Yeah, because I do have a toddler. But usually sipping toddler tears and hooking his children up to lie detector tests, his antics are hilariously heartwarming and providing value to many families that call the internet their safe space. So mama loves and any papa bears who are listening today, I want you to welcome Glenn Belief Henry to the podcast. All right, we are live. I want to say good morning to Glenn Henry of uh, Belief in Fatherhood. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, again, I want to thank you so much for doing this. Um, I've been following your YouTube journey about since the beginning, since you started. Um, wow. So, uh, and you've taken off. So, congratulations on everything. The hundred thousand subscribers i think it was yes ma'am. and the ted talk all of that congratulations those are big moves thank you um so i'm sure you get asked this a lot we'll just get right into it how did belief in fatherhood come to be how did that come about uh there was a lot of different motivating factors Uh, My wife was asking me kind of where the direction of my life was going. I was doing music for a while and uh, she asked me what my five year plan was and I couldn't tell her. And so I had to come to this realization that I actually didn't know where I was going and I had to find out where I was going. So I got with the buddy who helped me figure out uh, that in about 15 years, I wanted to be speaking to people about how great it is to be a father. And I was a rapper at a time and I wanted to be like just writing music. I didn't want to travel anymore. And so he helped me figure out that the people that I was going to be speaking to were on the internet uh, and that I would need to kind of start consistently being in front of them. And so I knew that I would want to be more active on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, YouTube and Snapchat at the time. And so uh, that was kind of like the idea of it. And then, um, people were always commenting about the little small videos I was doing uh, about my children because they were funny and they were just on Instagram. And so they were like, yo, you should start a YouTube channel. You should start a YouTube channel. And I didn't really know what that looked like. And so after I saw 
uh, creators like, you know, Casey Neistat, I kind of mm-hmm. like saw like kind of like a vision of like, oh, this is how I could do it, you know? And so I kind of like adopted his style and like put my own twist on it. And instead of me being in front of the camera all the time, I would turn the camera outward and kind of focus on the kids. Uh, and so that was kind of beginning. I started the first, I put up the first video like the full episode on October 19, 2015. And mm-hmm. then uh, the second one a week later, that second video went viral on, it got upvoted on Reddit and it got like a hundred thousand views. Oh, wow. And then I saw the, I saw the potential for like, oh, this actually might be something, you know, so. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I've seen your TEDx talk um, yeah. where you talk about how you became uh, a stay-at-home father. So for the listeners who um, may not know that story, could you share that story? Yeah, I was working a job that I could not stand. My wife would always ask me how my day was going. And I just say, you know, um, I don't want to talk about my day. Please don't ask me about my day. Just let's just, I just want to be home. You know what I'm saying? For the five hours that I get to be home, uh, I just want to be home and just think about home. And so we had a one child at the time we were paying $1,200 a month, oh, I'm sorry, $800 a month for, uh, for daycare. And we were pregnant with our second child. And she was like, listen, I know uh, that you only make $2,000 a month. And if we're going to be paying $1,200 for childcare, we're actually, you know, you're, you're not really going to be making that much money. It's not even worth it. You know, so you should just continue to do your creative thing and be a stay home dad. And I was really reluctant. You know, I didn't, understand why she wanted me to be in this position. It was very, um, I felt like, like a slight to my manhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like that's something that women do. You know what I mean? Like, why would I want to be in a position where I'm a stay at home dad and you're making all the money? You know what I'm saying? Um, and it was kind of like, it was a real like heart check. And I had to kind of like think about what other people were going to think of me, you know? Um, and I got over it, you know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, I thought it would be easy. And, you know, about a week into it, I'm crying, (laughs) heartbroken, I'm defeated. Um, I feel like uh, there's no win, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I really felt like, oh, I understand Mm -hmm. what stay at home moms go through. And I I, I couldn't be a bigger advocate for it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what have been some of your challenges as a stay at home dad? All of them. Uh, have been challenges. Yeah, you know, everything is challenging. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, people don't really understand that your child's cry is uh, it's it 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 brings stress. You know, and mm-hmm. so when you can't fix the problem that your child is having, it it, it makes you like emotionally tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. That's one thing, like, you just never get over the scream of your child who's teething, mm-hmm. who needs, you know, ice or, you know what I'm saying, like some some numbing stuff on their gums. Um, the baby who can't tell you they have an ear infection or fever or having mm-hmm. to sleep sitting up because your child can't breathe laying down. So you're both mm-hmm. like, you're. it's like, it's ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. And so all of that is very selfless. Um I, I wouldn't say that I bear all the burden alone now that my wife is home, you know, cause mm-hmm. we have our daughter now. Uh, she gets to partake in this journey. Uh, and she understands now what I was trying to explain to her. Uh, you know, I need time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I need time. 
you don't listen to me. You don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And mm-hmm. she, she now understands how I felt. And mm-hmm. so um, most of my time now is being spent helping her, letting her know that I care and I know she needs time and giving her that time. And so uh, I think I'm a little bit more lenient because I, I still have to work, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I know what she's going through. So mm-hmm. I have to kind of be the solution in a way. Okay. Yeah. We um, kind of experienced the same thing over here where I started at home. And now mm-hmm. that I work a couple of days um, outside the house and he stays home. And I think kind of like you said, you see the, the, you see life, I guess, from the other person's perspective. Yeah. And, um, you start to feel where they're coming from because now all I want to do is be home and he loves being home now. So yeah. Yeah. So how has that been? Um, Cause I know your wife is at home now. So how has it been with both of you home? Has it's that hard. Been? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's like, uh, you know, I'm never, I'm always available. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so if I had a job, I would be unavailable and productive. And, you know, but since I'm always here, there's always something that I'm paying attention to that kind of derails me from, uh, you know, being productive. Um, mm-hmm. Also, like I work from home and I work in the garage and the mm-hmm. boys, when they wake up, they take their pull ups that they peed in and toss them into the garage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when I walk into the garage, it's like pissy fumes. You know oh, what I'm saying? And so you start off the day, you know what I'm saying? Like in a deficit. Right. And so you're trying to work your way back up to just like, yeah, it smells nice now. And so okay. there's always there's always an L, you know, mm-hmm. working at home. I think me and her really enjoy each other. You know, mm-hmm. we, we are real, real friends and uh, like we like each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're a great team. Uh, but, uh, you know, we don't get time alone. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's always wedged in between us or the baby's always crying or it's like sometimes a two two hours with everybody sleeping. We're just kind of like, hi, you know, um, <laughs> but it's very like it's very much difficult and um, mm-hmm. it's just it's just challenging. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely believe that. Um, so one thing I um, I know that you probably experience is um, kind of dealing with and I read your pop sugar um interview where you kind of it was mentioned briefly about dealing with the stereotype of black fathers yeah and um you are definitely changing the face of black fathers in this country um so how what kind of criticisms have you gotten how has that affected your uh platform or or your message if it has at all you know i I, first i want to say like I'm not alone in this thing. Um, you got the Ellis's, um, mm-hmm. you got Kev on stage, you got LaGuardia, you got, mm-hmm. uh, as said by me, who's, uh, he was played for the Vikings and he got let go and he's mm-hmm. now going a YouTube journey now. It's a lot of black fathers out there doing it with me. So I'm definitely not alone in that. And I do appreciate that. But you were asking about the stereotypes or? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The stereotypes, the the comments, like how has that, um, affected your your platform if it has well you know you're talking to somebody who i was raised by my single mother mm-hmm. my father had visitation during the summer you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and so there is an aspect of my dad leaving the home and you know me living in baltimore with my mom and growing up and seeing 
you know, how the streets looked at me as a young man and looked at her as a young woman. She was only 16 when she had me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I'm five or six, she's 22, you know what I mean? And guys are looking at her like, I want to get that woman, you know what I'm saying? So I'm always like having to like kind of figure out why we are like this, you know, Mm -hmm. as a people. Mm -hmm. And so um, this isn't like all black families are like this and all black families aren't single mothers or a bad, you know, fathers who abandon their families, but there is like a problem, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, um, we, we all know the problem and we all hear the stereotypes about, oh yeah, he's going to leave his family in a month or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, he's going to cheat on his wife or, you know, and people in my comment section just be like, if you ever hurt her, then I'll kill you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what about her hurting me? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> um, it's, it's just this thing where it's like men are kind of like disregarded. Mm-hmm. And mothers mm-hmm. are like championed and mothers are put into this place of high honor. And like, I did it all for my mom, you know what I'm saying? And my dad is just this screw up, you know what I'm saying? We're always mm-hmm. gonna be that. And so for me, I'm trying to change the narrative of not so much just like the black father, but the importance of fatherhood, period. Right. Um, and so fatherhood, even if you're not a father, you can still have the heart of the father in you like nurture young people, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, you can still be a mentor, a big brother, um, and, and a pillar in your community. Uh, but I feel like, man, this is just something, it's it's an epidemic of how we disregard older men. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if a man cheats on his wife, he might as well never been alive, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. we, we, we have less uh, grace, you know, and so, uh, I know that as a as a man, as a black man specifically, there's only a matter of time before they're like, yeah, and then you run a red light, you know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and then I'm just kind of like this this douchebag. And so um, I want to change that stigma and turn it into like this honor and this reward mm-hmm. that you get to be a dad, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you get to celebrate your wife and you get to uh, elevate her. You know, uh, I feel like the father's role uh is, is most important as a husband, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, me being a husband is superior to me being a father because my interaction with my wife uh, is going to be the standard for my daughter's interaction with all mm-hmm. men. Um, and it's gonna, be the, uh, it's gonna be the way my sons learn how to treat women, which is something that I needed because I grew up in a culture where all my homies were trying to get women to sleep with them. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's what I'm doing too. Mm-hmm. And it was like such this, such this trickery and like this game that I, I'd never really realized until recently, like, man, like I was a vulture, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I was the worst thing for my community because I saw women as something to be gathered and conquered and mm-hmm. not something to be cherished and uplifted. And um, I believe that is the thing I missed out most by not having my father in the situation to love my mother mm-hmm. and then my mother having so much baggage and drama with you know her her childhood um i got to see i got to see like all of that bottled up in one thing and i just became this product of all the situations that the people around me had experienced okay so with um so with that your was, platform i'm sorry that was a little deep my bad no that was perfect that was perfect um 
so with your platform, it sounds like um, changing the face of fatherhood, period, is something that you set out to do with belief in fatherhood. Well, um, it, it's mostly reconciliation of families. Okay. Um, I have, you know, mommy issues. <laughs> I got mm -hmm. daddy issues. Uh, and I thought that when I became a dad, I would liberate myself from having to deal with that and I could just focus on my family. Mm -hmm. uh, but it turns out being a father and exposes how bad of a child you were, you know, mm -hmm. um, because you realize that the position of a father is to be present uh, and the position of a child is uh, to respond to the presence. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And because my father is present, then I run to him, then I cuddle, then I play fight, then I do those right. things. And so then I think like, oh, when did my dad stop being present? You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Why don't I pursue my father like my children pursue me? It's mm -hmm. very, very like, dang. So uh, there's there's like a lot of, I can't tell you one specific goal. I okay. can tell you a vision, a vision. And the vision is to uh, reconcile families, uh, give hope to mothers, uh, uh, equip fathers and inspire children uh, and strengthen families before they start and, and, yeah. and uh, while they're, you know, active. Okay. Um, so we see you and your three chocolate babies now that you have the little princess. Yeah. Um, so how has it been with those? I know they all have different personalities. How has that been being a father to all, all of those different souls? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I think it's been the hardest on Uriah Bo, uh, the okay. middle child, uh, because we don't worry about Uriah too much because okay. we know what Theo has done and we expect Uriah to follow suit. You know, mm -hmm. um, we concern about Anaya because she's the youngest and we're concerned about Theo because he's the oldest and he's most curious and always mm -hmm. going to that next stage. Um, but Uriah is also the wild card and he's also mm -hmm. the one that um, ain't always in key. You know what I'm saying? Okay. He's often doing something. You're kind of like, bro, you know, like, why are you peeing? Why are you peeing in the top of my shaving cream? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the toilet is right there, you know? And so um, he's, he's, it's been hardest on like, okay, focusing on Uriah, making sure that he knows he's loved. Uh, uh, you know, I'm very concerned about my relationship with him. Uh, because I know the middle child is so discarded, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Not on purpose. They just are kind of forgotten about. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's in every family, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Like, uh, But I, I care about all of them, you know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. he's the one I'm kind of like, all right, uh, he matters, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And I need to make sure that he knows he matters and I love him. And, you know, even when he spills a protein shake all over the blinds and all over the windows, like he did yesterday, mm -hmm. like... <laughs> he still gets a lot of hugs and kisses, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it's been a journey, like just becoming a father of three uh, and watching my wife become a mother of three. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's much harder than two. Um, mm -hmm. Now it's easier. But when Anaya was first born, it was like, this is horrible. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, uh, so um, me being, me having the two by myself, being a stay at home mm -hmm. dad, it was real hard, you know, uh, but having three is kind of like, man, it's not lit. Like we have to get a new car and stuff. Oh, wow. Like everything mm -hmm. changes. Like we need a bigger house. We need a bigger car. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, I think I saw a post or a video or something where your wife was like, "Okay, it's time. It's time for more space or something." Yeah, 
Yeah, she's ready. She's trying to get rid of our house every three weeks. She's like, all right, we're going to sell our house this week. <laughs> oh, wow. So um, it's interesting that um, you say that Uriah, your middle son, is kind of, um, not to say like your sole focus, um, but where you put a lot of attention because middle children do kind of get lost in the, I guess, chaos of a big family. Because um, I would personally think that um, your daughter would be running things, being the little girl. And maybe she's trying to. <laughs> she is. She is for sure. She's definitely got the wand and the crown. And she, like, everyone's like, yo, be quiet. The baby's sleeping. Don't say anything. Mm -hmm. They get in trouble if they wake up the baby. Like, everything kind of, and it shouldn't be this way. But because we, we all are here, you know what I'm saying? We have to kind of, like, make sure she's good before we can all function mm -hmm. um the boys can't play with legos because she's going to eat them and choke and die mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so it's like it's a lot of things that we always have to make sure okay the baby the baby the baby the baby mm -hmm. you know so how has it um been going from two sons to two sons and a daughter i know you mentioned earlier um kind of setting the example for how she um deals with men in her future um, so how has becoming a girl dad changed you if it has? Um, you know, I was going to make a video about this and I'm, I'm probably still in because it's a real hot topic right now, but we talk a lot about consent. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my, my sons see Anaya's affection as their, uh, right. Mm -hmm. So um, they want hugs. They want kisses. They will get in her way and will, will violate her space. And mm -hmm. I'm very much protective over that. You know what I'm saying? And um, trying to teach them now that, you know, she doesn't want to be touched. Don't touch her. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Leave her alone. Get out of her face. Move, you know, mm -hmm. um, to protect her and then also protect them and help them understand right. that you don't have those rights, you know. Right. Um, and so teaching my son's consent at like what that means you know what i mean at this age is very important mm -hmm. uh i'm very much a protector over her uh and always um she you know she she made my heart soft you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying like it's just a different little it's a different thing it's it's a different level uh i've had a hard time like being like so stern and strict, you know what I'm saying? Like I was with the boys, uh, but you know, like it, it's definitely been one of those transitions kind of like, oh, okay. But now I know that it like, you know, I'm not, we don't want any more kids, but well, I don't, mm -hmm. at least I don't think so. Um, uh, but I know if we had a girl, like I kind of know what to expect again, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so um, I think you guys started homeschooling your children. Yeah. recently so how has that journey been because i know for us we've we're thinking about homeschooling i have a bunch of friends who are thinking about homeschooling so first of all what made you decide to go that route and then how has that journey been for you so far you know there's an introduction um i feel like children shouldn't i mean if possible i feel like children should be released into uh public school systems or s school systems to for a certain purpose Mm -hmm. not out of convenience right mm -hmm. uh now some people that's their only option and they got to do what they got to do uh but for us like i don't think my son is mature enough to go into school without being 
heavily influenced. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, and I know for me, my introduction to school was where my introduction to, you know, a lot of stuff, porn, sex, uh, drugs, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of ab- abuse. Like I, I didn't know, like, I didn't know a lot, you know what I'm saying? And then when I was in like first grade, it was kind of like, yeah, a girl like exposed herself to me under the table, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so, um, I was like, oh, it's lit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, this is weird, but you know, and so for my five-year-old imagining him having to go through that type of thing, uh, it frustrates me. So you were saying, um, that you being in public school was kind of an experience. Right. Okay. Yeah. And you want, um, to, I guess, change that or kind of get ahead Release. of that release for your, um, son or for your children. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you still recording now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wanted to be, I wanted us to be the primary influences. And if my kid has a question, like, why am I black? I wanted that to be something we stayed on. I wanted okay. that to be something we focused on and kind of gave him a little bit of history and context instead of, um, you know, not being able to take care of it because the, the teacher has 30 other kids they have to deal with. Mind you, my, my wife is a math teacher and uh, I know what it's like the first couple of weeks of class when, you know, she can't remember the kids' names, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so, for me, like being a parent and being like, you don't know my kid's name yet, like that would be kind of irritating for me. And mm-hmm. so I, I do want to send my children into public school or, or whatever school system uh, when they're ready. You know, I want mm-hmm. them to be released um, with a good foundation. I think we as parents love the convenience of someone else having to do the hard work. Uh, right. We, we like the convenience of being able to blame the school district on our kids and kids not knowing the stuff that they're supposed to know. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that I learned in school, like I couldn't tell you and I couldn't, you know, they have no benefit to me now. Mm-hmm. Um, the best thing that school did for me was give me uh, some friends. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I think that's that's important. And that's mm-hmm. socialization. Um, and the cool thing about our community is that we have a large, very, very large local community that we are extremely involved in um my wife's best one of her closest friends uh you know it was three of them they all had babies back to back you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying so uh two of the babe like they're all two weeks apart so sayla two weeks away from kai two weeks away from uriah and then five five months later levi was born and so they have this little clique Mm -hmm. uh that they all roll with with theo and they all kind of look up to theo and and then it's extended families and all types of stuff in our church community. So I don't think so. I think the main thing people were saying was socialization was going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in how like homeschool kids are weird, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd much rather my kid be weird than to be like exposed, you know what I'm right. saying? To a bunch of random crap that I have no control over. Right. Okay. Um, so, um, what kind of advice or tips do you have for new fathers or new stay-at-home dads if you have any um wisdom that you would like to give to them um being a stay-at-home dad is kind of like man just you know try to get through it bro you know what i'm saying like it's hard um being a stay-at-home dad is like yo stay positive fight for your fight for your time you Mm -hmm. know go do something on the weekends uh uh, make sure that you find time to like 
breathe and like have self-care because mm-hmm. um, men men think that they're stronger than women when it comes to stuff like that and you're mm-hmm. not right like, um there, there's a there's a <laughs> a thing about moms where she could cuddle with the child and feel the child will like actually feel better you know what i mean um i'm holding like a, a teddy bear right now I don't know why. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but um uh th- a father like it's like yo get off me it's hot you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like a dad is kind of like yo like we, we're just different and so we mm-hmm. need to make time there's a lot of depression there's a lot of lonely because I, I i i know a bunch of stay-at-home dads now um and so there's a bunch of depression doubt uh insecurity um you know like emasculinity like they're they're, they're so lost in like their thoughts and uh they actually a lot of fathers actually end up end up getting divorced you know what i'm saying they end up mm-hmm. getting divorced because um they become so depressed you know okay. and so i would say that if you're a stay-at-home dad please fight for your time and your space um if you're a new dad i would just say enjoy each stage because mm-hmm. you'll never see those stages again they, they happen so fast and transition yeah. from sitting up to crawling uh to walking to climbing to running and jumping and hiding. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So there's a lot of stuff there and sweet so much. Like we can get lost and just, uh, oh my gosh, she's crying, she's crying. But those <laughs> those little like small cries turn into big screams that you can't ignore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So for the month of June, we're celebrating hashtag dad goals celebrating brown skin dads or black fathers that we think are winning at fatherhood. Um, so what are some of your dad goals for your fatherhood journey throughout the rest of your life? Um, you talking about like people that I look up to or? Um, yeah, you could do that also. You could do people you look up to and you could also do kind of just like you goals that you have for your fatherhood journey. Yeah. So, um, you know, one, one, the two things, uh, the only two things I put on like my goals this year or resolutions was to, uh, you know, lose about 50 pounds and, uh, get out of debt. So, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 Oh, and like get closer to my wife. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's all like, it's all about, you know, protecting my life. You know, that's kind of like my, my tagline. Mm-hmm. Um, but in protecting your life, like I keep telling everybody protect their life, but there's a point where I have to take responsibility of like my life, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So that means that I have to be healthy and ready for whatever's coming. Cause life is going to come, but are you ready? You know what right. I'm saying? Um, and so that, that, that came along with like activating myself and getting accountability in certain places, whether it be my, my trainer, rich, or, um, you know, people who, you know, follow me on the, on the gram and like always like talking about how I'm in the gym and stuff like that. That's really important to me, uh, mm-hmm. is, is, is losing that weight. Um, and then, um, uh, getting out of debt is something uh, really big because, you know, all, all my whole family's in debt. My wife's whole family's in debt. You know what I'm saying? Uh, except for her brother who worked for Dave Ramsey. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we are on this goal to just kind of like, yo, let's, let's not, be broke. Like, let's leave an inheritance for our family. Um, right. there's, so, there's so many things I want to do. You know, um, I want to get an honorary doctorate degree. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like have like real big goals, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not, not this, not just this year, but like, I want to be some, one of those people who are a safe haven. 
Um, and so like my work looks like it, but my character it mm -hmm. isn't so much. Like I'm very impatient and very like, you know what I mean? But so many mm -hmm. people like, yo, I'm a safe haven for them, you know? And mm -hmm. so uh, I don't want to be the, I don't want to try to be like people think I am. I just want to be uh, better for the, the, the overall community. Uh, right. And I think that takes a lot of self-care as well. And so, um, you know, really just trying to take care of myself. I'm, I'm really inspired by, uh, you know, Will Smith just kind of like mm -hmm. stepped up the social media game. And I'm just like right. such a big fan. Um, I'm a really big fan of Eric Thomas. I think he's a genius. Um, uh, and there's, you know, there's not really too many other people I look up to like that, except for like, you know, my pastor and friends and, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. But uh, there's, you know, like, there's a lot of like, man, like I want to listen. Right. And I want my children to know that I'm listening to them because they're actually teaching me more than I'm teaching them. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm actually learning a lot more about what's important. You know, right. Uh, my kids don't care about who the president is. You know what I'm saying? They don't care about what's going on in society. They only care if, um, you know, their waffles are going to be on time and, you know, mm -hmm. in the case of me, it's going to have a little bit of chicken in it or whatever. Like they, they care about things that are important to them. And so making their concerns, my concerns is, is big for me. Okay. Okay. Um, so one thing I like to end the podcast with, well, two things I like to end the podcast with, uh, when I interview people, um, is shit they didn't tell me about pregnancy or motherhood, but since we have belief in fatherhood on, um, you can give us some things they didn't tell you about fatherhood stuff. Nobody warned you about. Um, no one warns you how uh poop is like just a part of everything you know what i'm saying like sometimes it gets on you and before it's like yo poop's on me i gotta saw off my hand you know what i mean right. like that's how it was in the past and so like right. now it's like oh i'll get it later you know what i'm saying right. like right. i know where it's at i'll get it later. um they didn't tell me that they didn't tell me um, how emotional you get watching like Hallmark commercials or like Disney movies, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, seeing Mufasa die mm -hmm. before you have a kid and seeing Mufasa die after you have a kid is like a completely different thing. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Um, when Nemo got lost, like I was like <laughs> terrified, you know what I'm saying? Like what would happen if one of my kids went missing? Um, uh -huh. You know, oh, and, man. wow, yeah, <laughs> and and how much you're responsible for protecting your ch your children mm -hmm. from outsiders? Mm -hmm. uh, how much someone else touching your kid can be a violation? Uh, how much you have to protect your children from each other, mm -hmm. uh, them, and then uh, themselves, each individual person protecting them from themselves. Uh, that's it's a lot. It's a lot of protecting mm -hmm. um, and, and guarding the heart of your children for real. Okay. Okay, yeah, that poop, that poop one. Yeah, it's never, like everywhere. Never ever, <laughs> never ever until you have a baby and you like, okay, I got, okay, I've been pooped on again. Yeah. <laughs> so what is next for Glenn Henry? What is next for Belief in Fatherhood? Um, tell people where uh, they can find you for people who aren't following you on Instagram and things like that. Do you have any speaking engagements coming up? Yeah. Um, wh where are you based out of? I'm in Chicago. Okay, cool. So I'm coming to Chicago. Uh oh, town. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be at uh, the Legacy Conference. Uh, okay. In, uh, I think it's July 19th through the 21st. I'm teaching a session there. Oh, um, okay. I have a book out 
right now called It's Bedtime Now, uh, featuring the Chocolate Babies. It's basically the story of how they never like to go to bed and the mischief mm -hmm. that they get into. Uh, that's available on my website. It's only $15, mm -hmm. um, beliefinfatherhood.com. Uh, I have been selected by YouTube to be an ambassador for the Creators for Change program. Uh, and so I get to tell a story that's going to be kind of funded by Google mm -hmm. uh, and uh, supported by the YouTube staff. I'm going back to London um, in uh, June 4th. I'll be in London um, through, the, through the 8th, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I'll be there at like a at a, like a camp or whatever, trying to help my program. But I'm doing this this show, uh, this this series, documenting this guy's uh, reentrance into society after he spent nine years in prison. Okay. Uh, and he's a dear friend of mine. But I'm talking about how, why I let him into my house, why I let him mm -hmm. around my children, why you know what I'm saying, um, and how it's important to allow these oddballs into your community so they don't have to go back to the streets and, and right. into society. Um, <laughs> So other than that, you know, who knows, man? I feel like God is my agent. I feel like mm -hmm. I've been getting all types of hookups. Um, uh, I'll be in New York next week. Um, I don't know when this is airing, probably around Father's Day. Um, yeah, this will be in June, in the month of June. It'll be okay. yeah, around Father's Day. Mm -hmm. so, so I'll have just gotten back from New York around then. But okay. um, yeah, this summer's gonna be a lot it's a lot going on. I have a really, really, really special uh, Father's Day collaboration that everybody's gonna freak out about. Uh, that just was happenstance, happens chance. Like I, I didn't do anything to put myself in this position, but I feel like every single thing that I've been doing, like God has been elevating. You know, what I'm saying right, my right. my efforts. Um, and so I can't take credit for none of this. And I'm like just so grateful that He would use me. But I'm completely overwhelmed and stressed out. Mm -hmm. And so most of my time now is trying to find people to assist me in my journey. Um, uh, Kanye West. Uh, during his, uh, you know, I don't know what he's been doing lately, but during <laughs> one of his his random thoughts, he said, uh, artists don't need managers, they need CEOs, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, because they are businesses and I feel like I am a business. Belief in Fatherhood is now a media company. Um, I now need support and help and stuff like that. And so um, I've been spending most of my time trying to find people to kind of put in place so that I can be the CEO or uh, have someone else kind of, help me figure out where I need to go. Right. Um, there's a lot, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working with Frank. I got a puppet, you know what I'm saying? And I'm mm -hmm. doing kids effort with, and so I want to be more consistent with that, but things are coming and I'm, I'm just honored for every single time I get an opportunity to speak with people like you and, um, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of, I feel like we're building each other up in the culture, you know what I mean? And, um, every time I say a yes to something like this, it always just reminds me why I need to keep going. So I appreciate you. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate you. So, yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any parting words? Any, um, yeah, parting advice? I guess that you may want to send out there to the dads, to moms listening. Yeah, I think, uh, and I don't know if you can attest to this, but um, some people, and this is so hysterical to me, but some people are like, "Yo." I want to make sure that I find somebody like belief or I want to find someone like Yvette, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like they put us in these high standards, but Yvette wasn't who she is now when I met mm -hmm. her. And I am not who I am now. I was not mm -hmm. who I am now when she met me. Um, we were a fraction of who we could be in mm -hmm. our communication and our, uh, 
our relationship helped us become who we are now. And so instead of so much focusing on who you want, um, figure out who you want to serve and who they're becoming. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, because it's easy to see a masterpiece and buy a, a, a you know, a $2 million painting, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to afford it, but it's easy mm -hmm. to make that purchase. What's hard is to paint it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so right. people are buying what's already appreciated, not so much uh, the blank canvas or the first brushstroke. They're waiting till it's it's complete. And right. so what you're seeing is uh, uh, almost eight year invested investment my wife made in me. You know, you're mm -hmm. seeing the manifestation of that. Uh, you're seeing the five year investment of Theo, the three, uh, four year investment of Raya and the year investment of Anaya, which they right. have grown me into this point. And so you're not going to be able to find someone who has everything I possess at this point because you haven't invested that in them. Right. Um, and so that's why adultery is such a, it's a facet because like people want what they didn't put in on. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? It's like, it's like robbing someone. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's my parting words. Okay. Okay. All right. That works. <laughs> Well, Glenn, I want to thank you again very, very much for being a part of the Brown Skin Mom podcast. Um, I appreciate it a lot. Like I said, um, I have followed you for a while and I know some of my listeners have followed you for a while. So um, they'll be pretty excited that you're on. I know I am. So, <laughs> so thank you. Thank you very, very much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Anytime you want to do it again, let me know. Okay, definitely. Definitely. All right. Once again, I want to thank Glenn Henry, aka Belief in Fatherhood, for taking the time out to do the Brown Skin Mom podcast. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. All right, mamas and papas, if you liked what you heard today, feel free to um, head over to Apple iTunes and leave a five-star rating and a review letting me know how much you enjoy the podcast. Um, head over to SoundCloud. If you're listening on SoundCloud, uh, like leave a comment and um, subscribe if you're listening on Google Play. Um, also leave a comment on the blog post or the Instagram posts uh, with any questions um, or comments letting me know how much you enjoy the podcast. I appreciate all the feedback that I've been getting um, and it does not go ignored at all. Um, all right, I'm going to sign out now because I have a little bit of quiet time. You have just listened to the Brown Skin Mom podcast. Thank you for listening. Peace, mamas. Thank you.